Welcome to NIL Undressed. I'm Ryan Schaffner, along with the future mayor of Rock Hill, South Carolina, or as we refer to it, Football USA, with 37 active NFL players and countless college football players doing their thing right now. Dr. Cheney Robinson. Good morning. Doc, today, man, we're staying in the Queen City with a Charlotte OG, man, like the Observer OG of sports. Uh, icon man, he's he's every he knows every he's he's forgotten more about Charlotte, North Carolina sports than uh than we could ever remember. Um, and we're doing something new because we've got uh the what I like to refer to as um the Queen City primetime Queen City uh coach of the Charlotte Aces, uh AAU basketball team. I call him the primetime of the Queen City because of his. Uh, his love and development of these kids just using the game of basketball to do it. And yeah. um, and so we've got uh, Langston Wurz Jr. He's an award-winning sports journalist who has worked at The Observer since 1988. He's covered everything from Final Fours to the NFL to video games. And oops, I did it again. Britney Spears pops into there. Uh, he went to West Charlotte High School, graduated from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, or as now we can call it because of the Duke Mayo kickoff, the real Carolina. They won that the other day. And Kevin Ligon, who I said, I consider the, the prime time of the Queen City with work he's doing with the Charlotte Aces and developing these young men uh, and countless guys in the NBA, the NFL and and successful academically. So, Kevin Langston, welcome to NIL Undressed. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Guys, just thrilled to have y'all on the show. I know this is going to be action-packed. and Y'all got – we're not going to be able to cover any anywhere near what we'd love to be able to cover just in hearing you guys talk and, and sharing your experiences. But, Langston, what we want to do, we want to hit you with some rapid-fire questions to, okay. to get started. Do okay. you cover tons of sporting events, right? High school, college, pro. Yeah. What are your top three events you covered and why? That I've covered? Yes, sir. Man, I you know, I I, I covered the I want to say the 94 NCAA women's championship game in Charlotte. That was quite an experience because Charlotte didn't have much of a downtown. I remember they kind of imported this downtown into into Charlotte that at that time. We were a little bit more sleepy than we are now. And um just to to see the city transform from a sleepy little town that closed at five o'clock to this kind of major metropolis for two weeks. And to and to see women's basketball put on a national stage. I got to interview Robin Roberts. I mean, and she was like, you know, just become. I mean, she was becoming Robin Roberts at the time. I got to interview her and and sit in on the set of Good Morning America and, and see how that was done. And that was really cool. Um, so I think that was probably my favorite, one of my favorite things to cover. But then also, I think it was that same year, Duke played Arkansas in Charlotte in the national championship game. I covered that game. Yeah. Was that and the forty that, minutes? That was the forty minutes of hell, right? Yeah, yeah. We covered that final yeah. four. That 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 was fun. Um, I've been to so many games. It's kind of hard, you know, to remember them all. But th th those kind of stick out because they, I want to say they were right at the same time. And I just remember that they had transformed the city at that point. And that just kind of stuck out to me. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I, I remember the, the Hornets beating the, the Bulls when Michael was at this height of his Michaelness. I think it was 94. Uh, they had a playoff series the same year. They had a playoff series. 
Um, I, I've just been to so many things. Duke, Carolina games over the years have uh, been great. Um, one of the best high school games I've ever been to, and Kevin probably remembers this, was in 93. South, uh, Independence was uh, – I mean, West Charlotte was the powerhouse team. And their coach, Tom Knotts, is a national icon. He's a Dutch Fork in South Carolina now. He's won, I think, nine state championships, seven state championships, Dutch Fork, won seven in, no in North Carolina, Independence, and West Charlotte. But they played South Beckenberg in the state semifinal. It was 24 to 23. It was one of the best games I've ever seen at Memorial Stadium. The game came out to the end. It was a field goal attempt. They, the South Beckenberg couldn't get off to beat the Goliath at the time. And just to build up for that game, you know how high schools are. I mean, it just kind of captured yep. the community. Yep. And uh, just the build-up for that game was amazing. Um, but I, to, to answer your question, there's been so many games I've seen. That women's final fourth versus eight came to my mind, so I think that was probably the right one. There you go. All right. Now you've been in Charlotte for a few years. <laughs> I've, been in Charlotte, I've been in Charlotte since, uh, I mean, off and on since elementary school. My dad was in the was in the service, so we moved around a lot, and my parents got divorced. So I spent time here and in New York. Um, I would go to New York in the summertime. Then my dad worked overseas for with Mobile Oil for a long time. So I spent half a year in Singapore. I spent almost a year in London. We lived on 15 Adams Row, <laughs> not too far from the from where they would do the the uh, the changing of the guards. So we oh wow! Yeah, yeah we, we would go see that as kids. And um, yeah, and so had an interesting childhood, but um, mostly in Charlotte. Um, from definitely from middle school on, mostly in Charlotte. Yeah. So what's your favorite Queen City restaurant and what's your go-to menu item? Oh, man. <laughs> He's a foodie. Oh, me? Oh, uh, yeah. yes, sir. My, fa not, my, my, favorite, my favorite restaurant is Boardwalk Billy's. Um, I, I will eat at Boardwalk Billy's every single day of the week. Um, any type of tacos in there that they have, I'll have. But if, I, if I'm going for something fancy, I like beef and bottle. And I just found out about beef and bottle like um, this past year because people on Facebook were teasing me. Um, they said, you never been to beef and bottle? You're a native Charlatan. Never been there. And it's like this one story building. Uh, yep. It looks like a house, right? Yep. And they go in and it's like dark red. It looks like you're in a disco club from the 70s. Yep. And half of it looks like a, um, a, a, a cruise ship. Like, you know, when you would eat on the old cruise ships, it kind of looks like that. So it's kind of these two Dichotom dichotomies on on in this restaurant, but the food is phenomenal. The service is phenomenal. Um, I love that they didn't change it and they made it look the same. I love you know how much support they give. That that's beef and bottle is 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 incredible. But Boardwalk Billy's, I would eat that every day. There you go, Coach. Coach, same question. How about you? Wow, um, I would say well, Ryan knows is my favorite restaurant is um, Firebirds, <laughs> but my go to um it's brooks sandwich house because they have the best burgers in charlotte i don't get paid for saying that but um, <laughs> you can see anybody but langston and i you know over the years of travel to cover games and you know he knows every little spot on the highway and i just pretty much go where he wants to go he's usually pretty good about finding places i'm surprised he's as thin as he is because he's a foodie <laughs> absolutely all right, guys, this is for both y'all, right? But uh, Langston, you've covered high school and college sports as a reporter, but also a father, right? Yeah. And Kevin, you, you, um, I mean, you've been involved in these guys' lives uh, from early on, helping them with decisions to, uh, you know, school and life decisions and all this kind of stuff, right? But Langston, your son Trey was a standout at Santa Clara University and then transferred to Notre Dame 
mm-hmm. uh, where he, I mean, he crushed it, right? Got, got a, uh, received an invite to the Hornets pre-draft workout and all this type of stuff, but he leveraged the transfer portal in order to do so. So my first question is, being a Carolina grad, how could you not convince him to, <laughs> to be a Tar Heel? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, true story. When, when he, he, he decided to transfer during the pandemic, uh, he came home and he just, you know, there were some things he didn't like that were going on in Santa Clara. And, and that was a great program. Herb Sindek is a great coach. Much respect to Herb. But it just wasn't working out, so he felt like he wanted to transfer. And and I remember that, um, the he, he told the coaches – the like it was maybe a Tuesday night and then Wednesday morning the phone started ringing he and I sat down at the kitchen table from nine o'clock and we didn't literally did not get up until six o'clock just call after call after call and every single coach you can I'm not not every single but most of the coaches you can think of were calling um and telling him you know you're gonna start and we're gonna play you and blah 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 and um when Carolina called um, I was definitely excited because I think, you know, one of my dreams as a father was always for my kid to play for Carolina. And they had recruited him in college, in high school a little bit. They, he played with an All-American, Parade All-American named Devon Dyson, who Carolina offered. And it was kind of between him and Kobe White, who was going to be the point guard. And they were recruiting trade at the same time. Um, so, I, you know, I was definitely excited. I knew all those guys from that. And um, I was walking around with my Carolina t-shirts on and whatnot because I mean I, I went there and that that's my school and it would have been really cool. But Trey did a, a spreadsheet and he kind of determined he did, you know the pluses and minuses for every school, and he kind of determined that you know Notre Dame was the right place and he liked Mike Bray. We really liked the assistant coach Ryan. Uh, Ryan uh, God, I'm forgetting his name, <laughs> but we liked the assistant coach uh, Ryan Humphrey, who's at Oklahoma now. Uh, probably the best assistant coach I've ever run across. And I've, I've run across some good ones. Justin Ganey, who's at Tennessee now, Steve Smith down at Florida State. Those are probably my three favorite coaches I've, I've run across. But um, Ryan was just incredible recruiting us during, during the pandemic. He was incredible support once we got there. And Notre Dame was, you know, we, we didn't have a really great senior year, but he had a couple good years there. And, um, and team-wise, they got to the tournament and made a little run, and that was fun. One of the best things I've ever been to is that first four. I mean, I never watched it on television, but I went, and that environment is like – it's like a Final Four. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, the, the people come out that don't even have allegiances to the team. Yeah. And, and, they, and they get loud and they support it, and the arena is just unique. It's like a square. It's not like a circle. And um, it, it's earplugs loud. I mean, it was it's just an incredible, incredible environment. And then we went like two overtimes with Rutgers, and it was crazy. Uh, so that was, that was a fun time and I, you know, I'm happy that he went to Notre Dame and graduated, he got his master's degree. And I was really proud of that and, uh, made the all ACC academic team a couple of times and, you know, I had a decent little career up there and game winning shot in ACC tournament. So yeah, I was, couldn't ask for much more, you know, he's playing professionally now in Greece, so he's doing his thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, if, if you had to settle for Notre Dame, I mean, I guess that's, that's not a bad. Uh, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say settling. I don't want to make the Irish fans mad at me, but I was definitely pulling for North Carolina because I mean I, that's why I went to school. But yeah. you know, he, I remember when Roy called and Coach Williams called, and you know, he told him you know he wasn't coming. It just ooh, kind of broke my heart a little bit. Whew. All right. Well, we've got now we're in this weird space the last couple of years, right? Where college and high school sports, uh, and this is my my opinion, is under attack from progressing, right? It's been it's been the athletes uh, have been kind of held back to do things as the status quo 
while, you know, the institutions and the leagues and all that have been able to make more money and more money and, and advance. Right. Um, and it's really been in two ways. The first way is the transfer portal. And then the second one is, is NIL, you know, and it's, it's this, <laughs> it's really baffling because if a kid transfers, he's automatically called a quitter or he's running from something. Uh, but if a coach moves on, it's referred to as career advancement, oh, right? Yes. He's seen an opportunity, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, get, what is your opinion? Obviously, your son leveraged the transfer portal, but what's your, your opinion on the transfer portal and, and how it's working right now? Well, I, I mean, I, I always tell Trey, he was two years early on the transfer portal because I saw the data she doing. Sanders is going to make like $38 million, I mean, $3 million this year yeah. in NIL money. So we were a little early on that, but... I think um, players definitely should have the ability to transfer, um, certainly one time. And, um, you know, you I don't know that you should allow players to transfer year after year after year after year because it is hard to establish a program when you know that Kevin's going, you know, can or, or will leave at the end of the year. But coaches leave all the time and have left all the time. And coaches have made a lot of money. And the players, you know, the, I mean, you used to read, about, you read the stories. Players don't have money to take their girlfriends out on a date. The same person you read about or watch on television do the interview after the game. After that interview, when we've all celebrated him, he can't afford to go out to McDonald's. So I think, you know, they should have the ability to, you know, make some money off the name, image, and likeness. And, and let's face it, most of these kids aren't going pro. And a lot of times they're pushed into classes to keep them eligible and they graduate college and they can't get a really good job because they either don't have a degree or they have a degree in, in something that's meaningless. And so we need to give them a shot. You know, A, they need to take responsibility and, and use the system as the system uses you, which is something that Kevin always says. If you're going to be yeah. used by the system to go to college, make sure you use the system and get a degree in something that really matters. But beyond that, they need to take advantage of those four years to, you know, to make themselves a little bit of money because they're being used by the university. I mean, if I'm the star player at Ohio State and I look up in, in the stands and everybody's wearing my jersey and I don't make a penny of it, that doesn't sound right to me. And even now with the NIL, you know, you sign a deal with, uh, say say you're Shador Sanders and you sign a deal with Adidas, right? And that's a Nike school. Well, you can't make any money from Adidas for the shoes because you can't wear those shoes on the field. If you sign a deal with Nike, the school's not going to give up their Nike money to you because you're a Nike guy. So there, there's still you know a lot of caveats in there that need to be worked out. But I, I think athletes, by and large, should be allowed to make money on name, image, and likeness. I, I do have a little problem with the transfer portal. I think it should be one transfer only. And I know that there's kind of a rule now against the second transfer has to be approved. But I think, you know, the second transfer needs to be a hardship, more of a hardship thing. Um, the thing I, that, that I'm glad is dying out is the, the extra COVID year because that's killed high school recruiting and just, just, yeah. uh, just yep. annihilated it. And transfer reports are going to hurt as well. But when colleges aren't able to choose a 27-year-old, <laughs> they might start going back and choosing an 18-year-old. And this is said as somebody as a, as a father whose second child – uh, was hurt by that trying to go to college. Absolutely. What about you, Kev? Tell, tell us about your, you know, just initial reactions and, and thoughts on NIL and the transfer portal. Cause you get it from a little bit different angle, right? Like you're helping get these kids to places. And so you see it from a different side. Exactly. And I know um, <clears throat> Shaney and yourself, we've had a lot of conversations and actually presented before parents and community um, about this whole subject, but I think when you look at it, the transfer portal is an opportunity for a player to advance their career, like you said. Because if you think about it, you go to college to do what? 
to get an education in order to get a good paying job. So what I look at with kids is what does life after basketball look at? Don't worry about the NIL. Be the best person that you can be so that you can get a an education that will help you take care of your family. Um, now, if you're one of those special players that is able to get NIL money, again, have a plan with it. Basically, that's where the financial um, stewardship is um, very important because they need people that are professionals like you and Cheney to, you know, kind of talk about what do you do with that money? You know, realize that you get a lot of money and you don't realize that you have to pay taxes. And then you find out you do, you're thinking like, whoa, I wasn't prepared for this. So guys are going out making, you know, bad investments, um, you know, kind of showcasing their money, thinking that I'm going to be a pro and then they get injured. You know, they're not looking at the what if, they're not looking at insurance. I remember years ago when, um, you know, Langston and I were working closely and, you know, covering these kids. Um, He was actually my boss. So that's a whole nother show. (laughs) But um, basically, um, we kind of looked at some of those elite amateurs, like Jason Parker was one of the best players in the the world. Best player in the world. So, you know, a kid like that, you would have had like amazing opportunities for NIL. But, you know, with the injury, kids used to, you know, you always talked about the athletes who had Lords of London policies because they knew that they were can't miss. Well, I haven't heard Lords of London in a long time. Now we have this generation that does not look at the future and we're not looking at people that are just wanting to hang on their coattail to figure out how they can get money instead of people that are advising them in a professional manner to help them be better better players but also good financially prepared individuals yeah absolutely i mean i think you know and and this is going to go more into you know talking about north carolina and trying to figure out what the you know on the high school level what they're doing but um i mean we were talking about before the show came on kevin one, one of your guys that uh, he's now with the with the Broncos, and it looks like he's going to be a starter. Just and and you know what he had to deal with growing up, and and uh, stuff that no kid should have to deal with, and uh, and and the work that he put in. Um, but he had his head, you know, you know, on straight, right? Really, from the beginning, from the from the time that you met him, and but a lot of these kids, you know, we always say experiences drive beliefs and beliefs drive behavior. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, they're, they're trying to, they should go to school to get an education, but if they're growing up in an environment where that's either not valued or they don't see that as the, um, you know, a a way out or a way to get success, they see athletics as the only way uh, to, to become successful. It's hard to get through to them that, you know, NIL isn't, isn't that important or, uh, you know, it's just hard to break through sometimes and help them see because they don't have the experiences in their life. A lot of times that are going to drive the, the, you know, the beliefs and then the behavior to listen to guidance, uh, from, from you. So how do you deal with that when you're, when you're helping these kids, when they're getting, you know, offers from all over the place, like, how do you help them think through that? Cause that's gotta be really difficult. 
It, it is a challenge because, you know, one of the things that we really preach with our pillars is achievement, culture, and education. And education does not have to be in a formal setting. Education is modeling and giving examples. I mean, if you think about it, sports and entertainment always go hand in hand. Do you remember back when Motown started? You hear all these sad stories about these amazing artists that had hit records and they, they pretty much ended up dying poor or, you know, their career, you know, became entangled with drugs and substance abuse because of their mismanagement of money or trusting people. So, you know, what the challenge is with me when the kids come to our program and we have kids that play other sports other than basketball, um, we talk about, you know, good character. We're talking about seeking your own information, investigating, you know, don't believe what I say as a coach, but I give examples of where they can get that information. Um, you know, it really helps when you kind of tie sports into real life situation so that they can have a better understanding on how to navigate because everybody that claps their hands for you, you know, you got to watch when they push their hand down because they're reaching in your pocket. So, you know, understanding people who've been there day one, looking at folks that um, mean you well and they're not coming back, with, you know, get rich schemes that put you in a precarious situation. So I just think that you have to model, you have to give kids real insight and, you know, that's why you and I have a relationship, because if it's a question that I need to, like, hey, you, if you familiar what's going on, then I can get that information back to my players in real time. But it's seeking because, you know, it's biblical that a wise man seeks much counsel. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. So let's let's dig into this. Uh, you know, again, I keep referring to it as this debacle in, in, at the high school level. Uh, you know, it, it's inevitable that that NIL is going to roll downhill and it's going to hit uh, the high school student athletes. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, earlier this year, the um, NCHSAA voted to allow NIL. And for those listening, that's the, um, you know, the Athletic Directors Association for, for all the high school, uh, public high schools in North Carolina. And um, they voted to allow NIL. And then like a couple hours later, the state Senate vetoed it. Right. So it was like all of a sudden we have, you know, this opportunity and then the opportunity is taken away. Um, so just, you know, both of you guys, you know, what were your initial thoughts when, you know, first of all, it passed? I think, Kevin, we were talking that same day. Um, right. I was doing interviews and all that kind of stuff. And but what was your initial reaction? And then when you found out that the, you know, the state Senate had uh, had taken it away or, or vetoed it, how did that, you know, just walk us through those couple hours? We want to thank our sponsor, Success Beyond Game Day. For many athletes, the last safe place was the locker room. They could be themselves and not be judged. Success Beyond Game Day creates a locker room community for athlete development. Partnering with individual athletes, high schools, athletic departments, college and pro teams on building their brands, understanding name, image, and likeness, how to get deals, and personal finance, all while leveraging a proprietary assessment that identifies core skills that athletes can leverage to create a competitive advantage, all while creating an environment where athletes can connect to push each other to greatness. Check it out at www.successbeyondgameday.com. 
Well, there was a there's a big fight that's currently going on between Republican legislators and the NCHSAA. Um, and I knew that that was probably going to become a casualty of it. They don't they 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 don't want any they don't want the NCHSA to basically control much of anything. They want to make sure that they have their arms on, on top of everything. They want everything to run through the State Board of Education. The State Board of Education is actually looking at a very similar NIL bill that they're probably going to pass at the first of the year so they can say they did it versus yep. the NCHSA. North Carolina's going to get it. We'll be a little bit behind the times. Grand scheme of things, I don't know if it's going to make a big deal. Uh, the average NIL deal for high school kids is about $60. Um, most kids aren't going to get NIL deals. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, the, the small town quarterback from the big team might get, be able to eat free at Arby's, you know, but it's not it's not going to be a huge deal except for a very small handful of athletes. And those athletes, a lot of times are going to play at, you know, national programs. Um, they're not playing at, you know, mom and pa high school around the corner. But I do think we need to have an NL policy in place because you don't know what's going to happen down the road. I'm just talking about right now. Um, so you don't know if, you know, a car dealer is going to say, hey, I want to support the the running back at Chambers High School in Charlotte, who's now at Oklahoma, who was a little bit bigger than a regular high school kid. Um, so I, I think it's, you know, very smart to have a policy in place. I think North Carolina is being very smart to do so. Unfortunately, we just had this legislative battle. Whichever side you want to take, I'm not choosing sides. I'm just, unfortunately, we had this legislative battle. And it's kind of become a casualty of that. South Carolina um, basically approved last week their own NL policy. Um, it's, it's just a formality now. And as I said, you know, North Carolina, hopefully the state board is going to pass something first of the year. I know they, they were going to take six months from the time this first thing came up over the summer. So we'll see what happens. But I do think we'll get it. I don't think we'll be too far behind when we get it. Ultimately, it's not going to be that big a deal for most high school students but for right now. But as the landscape changes and these things change so fast, at least we'll have a policy in place when something happens, when that quarterback gets an offer for $20,000, at least there's a policy to kind of handle that. And right now there isn't. Yeah, Kev, what, what's your thoughts? So <clears throat> that same day you and I were talking, Langston and I, I think Langston remembers, we we had like an hour-long conversation. And, and I think we somewhat met in the middle, but – my thoughts about that whole situation took me back to when um, Jerry Stackhouse decided to go to Malvin Wilson and Langston wrote the story and I had to remind him of this. And you remember that story, Langston, about the state and how much revenue the state lost when he left? Oh, yeah. I remember us talking about it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So basically, you know, I told Langston, it's just my opinion that, you know, just like, I guess, with big government. They pretty much want to figure out, okay, if there's money to be made through NILs, we want to regulate this or we want to be more involved because now it's just a matter of who has the most ink in their pen to keep writing these bills and, you know, um, getting these injunctions to stop it. Because what's going to happen is, you know, we had a lot of players from North Carolina, mostly basketball, that went out to California to play at prep schools in situations where they could actually receive the NIL money. And 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 I think that's why, you know, like I'm saying, it won't be that big of a deal for North Carolina until we figure out how this could not be the wild, wild west, but meet somewhere in the middle so that there is some governing controls so that basically it's not pay to play because then you really do have professional athletes because those guys who left, you know, this area to go west, 
they have very lucrative um, NIL deals. And I think that you're going to see that being the case. You're going to have these schools that are going to be pretty much driven by sponsorship from, you know, athletics to, you know, Kanye West. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. dropping in, but, you know, you're going to have monies that are going to be like insane that these kids and these parents, because we talked about it earlier, Ryan, where you said that kids that grew up, you know, disenfranchised that, you know, did not have the um, economic support. And now all of a sudden they got an opportunity to get it because they throw a football 100 yards and they run like world class speed on track or, you know, they can score 30 points in, you know, 10 minutes. Those kids are going to take advantage of that. And again, the parents need to be educated because if you change states, you pay income tax according to the state that you receive that money in. So that's where the financial advisement is key. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, my, my two cents on it, Langston, I agree with you that if, if you break down, there's roughly 8 million high school athletes in the United States. And I don't, I tried to count. I tried to go online and do some research. And I think there's maybe 20 that received like really big NIL deals, but let's say that's even a hundred, right? Let's say it's, there's a hundred kids that received and and big, let me call it $50,000 or more, right? Yeah. That's like 0.00125%. So way less than 1% of the actual high school uh, athletes. So you know, th- th- what what concerns me about it isn't that, hey, all this money is going to be handed out to all these, you know, 16 to 18 year olds. Right. I mean, we're not going to be looking at this new class of millionaires. Right. No, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Right. Because there's they, they don't have the the marketing value uh, that some of these college athletes have. Yeah. Uh, but yet, they don't have it yet. They don't have it yet, right? They can get it, and, and I think it's, they'll, they'll get it when they go to college. They're not going to get it in high school, by and large. They're going to be they're going to be some, you know, players. Uh, I think there's a, a, a female volleyball player in Arizona that they had a decent deal. Yeah, Dylan Rayola, the number one quarterback in in Buford, Georgia, has a decent deal. There's some out there, but I'm saying by and large, for most people, there's not. I mean, the average, like I said earlier, the average nil deal is sixty dollars for high school kid. If you can go to your local Arby's or your barbecue Joe's Barbecue Shack and get a meal, take your girlfriend out, that's great. Um, and they'll they'll probably down the road, I can see like a car dealer supporting you know the local quarterback at a small town. I can see that. I think in large towns, it's going to be really hard for for guys to to latch on in the deals. What I worry about more is the person saying, "Come play for my team," or 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 go play for this team. He's the he's the uh, the intermediary, and he yeah. convinces you to move your kid to you know, out of state somewhere to go play and, and you think you're going to get all these things and it doesn't work out. Um, and, and they basically kind of run you for a loop. And then if you do get a deal, they want a percentage of that deal. They act, they're acting as your agent. I, I worry about those type of things. Um, kind of like the AAU thing starting all over again. Um, yeah. I worry about that. Um, but I, I, like I said, by and large, I think most kids are not going to get big, huge NIL deals. I think most kids would be much better off staying at home being a big fish in a smaller pond, so to speak, than going, moving across country, moving, you know, the, to three states away on your own at 15, 16 years old. I want my kid at home with me as long as I can. I don't, I don't want to, you know, he's he's going to leave. It, it, you know, my kid left at 18. And he, the longest he's lived with me since then is like three months. So I know that that time is coming. I don't want to accelerate it. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, but and so we all agree on that. Where where I start to worry is when, you know, the you know the the Department of Education now in North Carolina now they have control over this. And Kevin, you mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, you know, education doesn't have to be this you know this box that we put it in, right? I mean, we see athletes at the college level that are quite frankly they don't need a college degree because that what they've built from name image and likeness right right and so if you know if the wrong and i'm not saying they're the wrong entity right i'm just saying well a lot of times there's this fight between athletics and and academics right which one is more important and all that and so what i worry about is the bleed over of you know academics is more important and this is how we define academics when we could be teaching some of these kids langston like you said big fish in a small pond and and how do you create the relationships and use nil to do some of the things that prior you weren't able to do and now you're building a business i mean cheney and i here example that cheney and i thought of is you know, you've got, uh, you know, the the trade industry in the United States is severely depleted, right? Mm-hmm. You've got a high school athlete that's really good in his hometown, really well liked, uh, but isn't that five star, you know, doesn't have a strong chance of making it pro, right? Are, are they better off going to a four year school uh, and, you know, sitting the bench or, you know, red shirting? Or are they better off staying semi-local, going to a junior college, learning some entrepreneurship sort of things, learning how they can leverage those 20,000 followers in their hometown to then, hey, maybe maybe plumbing is the thing, but now you've got a fast track to where you're now building, you can build an empire. in in And so it's, I, I worry about it being so restrictive and the rules being so restrictive that it it prevents some of that from uh, from evolving or even the conversation from being had. I think a lot of kids always chase the biggest dream. I, mm-hmm. I, I had um, I was speaking to a friend of mine just yesterday, whose child is loved by a mid major plus school, but he wants the big, you know, on national television every week school. And I'm explaining to my friend that if he goes to the big national TV every week, he's not going to play. And I'm just being honest. I love you, but he's not going to play. I've done this for 33 years. He's not going to play. If you send him to the mid-major plus school, maybe he'll be on ESPN plus, but he'll play every week. To your point, though, if I'm a star athlete and I'm not going to, if I'm not good enough to to be Drake May, um, maybe I go to Charlotte and be the man at Charlotte and you know, stay local and, and keep all my followers and, and build relationships. Use that NIL to build relationships with these businesses that are around Charlotte. And then when I get out of school, I've got a, a good job and I've got a good career path. I think that is a very, very strong way to go for a lot of kids. And that could be at Lenore Ryan. That could be at Hickory. That, that could be any, you know, that could be at Appalachian State. That could be anywhere where you have built that local following. People know you because when you're the local star and you go away, you're out of sight, out of mind, unless you're on that big national stage, unless you are Drake Mitt. So it's, it, I think it could be a lot better for a lot of kids to choose that local school if you're that mid-major three, three-star, sometimes even four-star kid 
Because I can't tell you the number of kids I've seen go off to Texas A&M and Southern Cal around here. It's like, Kevin, what happened to that kid? Uh, I don't know. Because, um, yep. you know, you don't see him. He's out of sight, out of mind. Not, and there's something to do. I'm not saying that everybody doesn't. There's something out of sight, out of mind. And I always wonder, would you have been better off, you know, going to, you know, NC State or Chapel Hill or Duke or somewhere where people know you? Because I think from a coach, and I've asked coaches this all the time. I said, from a coach's perspective, if it's, if it's equal, and you can choose the guy from out of state or the guy who everybody knows from in-state, where are you going to go? And almost every time I ask this question, they always say I'm going to go with the in-state guy because our fans know him. Yeah. Well, and now with the portal, you you can go to that mid-major and you can develop quicker than you would at the uh, the Power Five or the big yes. school that's nationally televised. Yes. And if your skills get to that level, you can do what your son did and said, hey, I'm going to go from Santa Clara. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my shot at Notre Dame now. And you can do that without, you know, without the uh, hurdles that that were yeah. there before. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of the portal, I, I think. But I, like I said, I'm not a big fan. I even though my son used the portal, I'm not a huge fan of the portal. But I think that the, the market just says that's what you have to do. I mean, because it's so hard to get into school now, you know, a kid might have to go to D2 or D3 and try to play his way up. Because colleges just aren't looking to high schools very much, unless you're, you yeah. know, four or five star. It's it's hard now, especially in basketball. It's a little easier in football. Eighty five scholarships versus thirteen or fifteen or fourteen, whatever the number is. Thirty is it thirteen, Kevin? Division one scholarships, thirteen. Yeah, it's thirteen. Thirteen. Okay, so eighty five versus thirteen. So it's uh, it's a little easier in football, but I, I think that you, you have to be smart nowadays, and that's one of the things you do is you, you you get in what you can get in and try to work your way up. But I think that I think. Being smart is, you know, trying to look ahead down the road. Do I want to say that I played at, you know, Alabama? Or do I want to say I played at Alabama A&M, but I, I created a – that's probably a bad example. But I, I, I stayed home and I created a, a business opportunity through my NIL where I created, you know, developed uh, relationships with the with Bank of America. And then I graduated college and, you know, the, 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 the place I've been representing in college, they gave me a job. This got a career path for me. I think that that is a lot smarter for a lot of kids. Yeah, and but, Kevin, it goes it goes to what you were saying. It's it's learn how to use the game, use the system to your benefit instead of being used by it. Because when you're done playing and you can't contribute athletically anymore, you might not get a ticket to the stadium that you played in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, I, they I do mean, move I, on. They move on quick. Yeah, I mean, you know, as soon as you pack your stuff to leave campus, the, the next new you comes in. So, you know, but I, I I I agree with you know a large of what a large part of what Langston said. But one of the things that I tell you know parents, and that was a hard discussion. You know, Langston was kind of cold blooded telling his friend like, you know, he's not going to play because that's not what they want to hear. Right. But what I tell kids is that utilize those mid majors and bet on yourself. If you're going to eat right, if you're going to sleep right, you're going to balance your life, and you're going to compete at a high level. Does it translate to productivity on the court, the field, or the track? Well, if it does that, then now you have a bargaining chip. Because if you're, you know, and and now in real time with social media, kids know that, you know, hey, can you let Trey Words know that um, we interested him? If he ever decides to come out in the (laughs) morning. So kids get that information in real time. Oh no, time. they they know they they've already got offers before they leave. Kevin, stop that. Tell the truth. Exactly. I mean, you know, they already. But I mean, just it might not even be in your mind. And you know, you got folks saying, "Hey, you had a great season." They can recite your stats. 
parents get excited about that. So they're like, we're going to jump in the portal. Well, one of the things I'm doing with high school athletes is looking at the thing that when I talk to college coaches, they want that seasoned vet that's already had some, you know, grid and the college experience. You know, they talk about the mind and the body. You know, this guy's already been in the training table. He has a, a, a physique that is, um, you know, he or she, ladies too, they got, you know, they're already strong. So mm -hmm. those are those are the reasons that we look at because they already have a college body and they've been through a whole semester. There was no freshman 15 like Langston and I had to endure when we were in school <laughs> because, you know, now there's so much science to this. So basically, we went to school. yeah, <laughs> so what, what we're looking at now is having kids work out with strength trainers because, you know, everybody says, oh, I got a quarterback coach or I got a pitching coach or, you know, I got a, you know, ball handling coach and I go to this guy was shooting. Well, they're going to change all of that when you get to college anyway. Find you a legitimate, legitimate strength and conditioning guy that works out with pros and works, you know, he, he trains pros and college guys. Get that in high school and look at how it translates. Now you become one of the best players on your high school team. A little bit of effort and energy and focus, you know, find things that you can do that's going to help you have that mindset because you have to change the mindset from high school to college. And it's just like a kid decides to go to the military. You know, everybody says, I want to be a Marine. And when they go, when they get in, they realize what Marines do. Cheney's shaking his head. When yeah. you realize what it takes to be a Marine, you like, this might not have been a good idea. I, should <laughs> I mean, and I'm not slighting anybody, but we all know it's easy to say that you want to fight a dinosaur. You want to hunt alligators to get into that swamp at 2 a.m. And then you see the eyes are really far apart. That means that's a big gator. And What's that saying, Ken? Everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to do a beast. Wait, it's, it's time to be a beast. You want to be a beast until it's time to be a beast because there's a bigger beast than you somewhere else. So, yeah. but, you know, that, that's how you have to talk to parents and let them know that. And those parents that are really, really um, settled and not excited, because I think you get excited when you start hearing college coaches call. You do. And, and yeah. you know, whether I don't care what sport it is. I don't care who you play for. We all want to be flattered. Yeah, you know, your kid is great, and we're having this conversation. And I'm asking, are you talking to the assistant coach or are you talking to the head coach? Because you know it's real when the head coach calls. So, you know, I'm not minimizing. You know, but, Kevin, you know what I hate, though, is, like, when kids get those letters, those – those. Oh, man, chain letters. The chain letter. And, oh, and they, go to, <laughs> they go to Twitter. I'm being recruited by, you know, UCLA and, and, Air, For and Air Force and BYU. And it's like he's, like, thrown for 200 yards in eight games. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just – and I, I hate to be – you know, I hate to be like that, but I just, I've seen it so many times. And I, ha I have so many parents call me and, and say, you know, my kid is being recruited by – you know, was being recruited by X, Y, and Z. Why doesn't he have any scholarship offers? And I say, well, you know, tell me about him a little bit. And you find out, you know, he's not all-conference. He's not, you know, uh, a 2,000-yard passer. To your, you said there's millions and millions of high school kids that are playing every year. And, you know, the thing I always laugh about was people say, well, he's the best player in the state. He's the best player in the country. It's like, because you saw somebody in your little community play well, you think they're the best around. I can take you to Greensboro and show you a guy who might be a little better than this guy. Um, and and we always talk about that. It's like, you know, people always want to tell me, like, he's the best in the country. It's like, dude, no. <laughs> These guys that do the scouting, they, they do a pretty good job. And when they tell you LeBron James is the best player in the country, he probably is. And it's not 
little Mikey, you know, down the street. Well, I think that's where some of those intangibles, right? Now that, I mean, we, we NIL and sports, even at the high school and earlier is a business, right? I mean, Kevin, you're saying, hey, get these kids at, at strength trainers that know what they're doing, right? Not the not the guy that just put up his shingles, you know, yesterday. He's got to have some experience and, and all that. I mean, they they are uh, a business and we need to, you know, help educate these guys and girls, all the athletes on um, on what that means. Right. And what this can mean. And NIL is kind of that, in my view, um, and Cheney and I agree uh, on this because we've hashed this one out. But NIL is that that door opening that is going to draw a lot of these kids back into education because now they can do something with it. Right. And that was one of the knocks on NIL is, well, you're going to have kids that aren't going to focus on, you know, math and reading because uh, they're out there building their brand on social media. (laughs) They also want to get that check. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. And and but the reality is now, and we're seeing this at the college level, it's been verified by, you know, uh, the athletic departments that we work with, um, a lot of them power five and it's, you know, they're actually, instead of doing the basket weaving class, they're mm-hmm. taking a marketing class because now they can do something with it immediately. It's not something that, you know, down the road, I'm, I might be able to use this. And a lot and so of colleges are having the financial literacy classes now as part of the NIL, you know, yep. uh, Teaching like when Notre Dame did it, they had a that you know they had classes where the kids would come in, and and they have people come and talk to them about financial literacy and and contracts and a lot of and like Carolina's NIL collective, they actually get put you together with an agent, and they and they have somebody that talks to you about to Kevin's point about taxes. So a lot of these schools are becoming very pragmatic. What I worry about the NIL though is making kids want to transfer up. It's going to make the kid hit the transfer portal that maybe shouldn't hit the transfer portal. And we saw this year in basketball. 45% of all the people who got into the portal did not make it. Right. Um, so they don't have a home to play. So you went from having a scholarship somewhere, playing all free or partially you know, or heavily you know, paid for to nothing. So I think we have to be careful. And I think parents and, and kids have to be realistic with themselves when they decide to hit the portal <laughs> because the competition in the portal is an all-time high. It's only going to get – there are only going to be more kids every year getting into the portal – um, you have to be realistic. Like, am I truly able to go from D3 to D2 or D2 to D1 or mid-major D1 to high-major? You have to be careful because as you're trying to go up, there's lots of kids coming down because they went too high to start with, and now they're yep. not playing. So, you know, I want to go back to my hometown, to my point earlier, where I can be a star on, on a on a team. And, and I, I worry that Chasing that NIL check because when we talk about Shadur Sanders can make all this money, I'm as good as Shadur Sanders. I'm going to transfer up, and then you try it, it doesn't work out, and now you don't have any scholarship. So I think there can be a little bit of a dark side to it as well. Um, and I don't think that you know mid majors are going to be able to pay as much as Power Fives. I don't think D twos are going to be able to pay as much as mid majors. So that lure is always going to be there to transfer up because not only is a bigger stage, you also get a bigger check. Yeah, and I th- but I think you know if 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 they're playing it right, right? If they're using the system like they need to be using the system, you could make more at a mid major if you have the brand, if you have uh, and, and as NIL 
evolves and mm-hmm. some of the local businesses understand how they can use NIL versus, you know, Home Depot and Dr. Pepper, you right. know, being the big boys in there. Once right. the 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 medium and down small businesses understand how they can use it, I think if it's just that check that they're after, you could argue that they might be able to make more um, at, at I think you definitely make people. more versus going to a big school and making like, you know, the $5,000 minimum. Um, you can definitely make more if you're a star or even a, you know, a semi-star at, a, at the local school. Um, so I, I think, you know, parents just have to try to be a little smarter about it and kids have to be a little smarter about it. But, you know, I think, you know, building a social media brand is very important for high school kids now because that's what these businesses want to see. You know, how many followers do you have? How many, you know, how much attention can you bring to my brand? But they also don't want to see you, you know, Talk well, that I don't even want to go to that song, but the song that's out now by the female rapper, where she's referring to her body parts in, in very un- unnecessary ways. And I keep seeing so many kids, you know, singing that on social media, dancing to it. And I'm saying these brands are looking at that, these future yeah. coaches are looking at that. You can't absolutely you can't do that. One of the first things these colleges coach, and I talk to college coaches all the time. And one of the first things they do is look at your social media. Like when they decide to recruit you, they look at your social media and then they might look at your friend's social media. They want to know who you hang out with. You'll yeah. be surprised with, with the, the kind of dossier they'll put out on players who they're really going after to make sure that they're getting a good person because they can't afford to miss. I mean, they, 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 they and they have people on staff that all they do is look at social media. That's correct. They get paid to look and dig up stuff on social media. And every, every level you go up, the higher it gets, like the NBA knows everything about you. So every, yeah. you know, the higher you go up, the, the bigger it gets. But I think, you know, building a social media brand is important, but I also think what you put on that social media is important. Absolutely. All right. I got two more things. One, I don't know if you got uh, saw the um, news story. I'm going to get it a little wrong because I think it's it's probably it's it's really fresh. But the defensive tackle from Florida, who is now suing the NIL collective because the deal he signed or the contract he signed was he got like four hundred thousand dollars. But but then they got over the next 20 or 25 years, 15 percent of his before tax NFL earnings uh, over the next 20, 25 years. And he, now he's going back and he's suing the the collective and, and was that in the contract? It was, it was in the contract. Yeah. It was in the contract. contract? He signed it. Yeah. Ratified. And and so, yeah. And so this is where, so this is exactly where I want to go. I mean, the, the, if, if anything, if I could speak it into existence uh, at the, um, at the high school level in North Carolina with the legislation, it's, we don't need to be so restrictive on this. We're, we need to let these kids evolve and become businesses and, and all that. Cause you're not going to be able to prevent everything from happening. Right. But what we can do is put framework in what's allowed in contracts and what's Ooh. not allowed in contracts to, to save these kids. Cause you know, I'm not a lawyer. You know, they're not going to have lawyers look at it. Their parents, for the most part, aren't, aren't attorneys. They're they not going to read the fine print. They're not going to read the fine print. They're not going to read it. it. And so, fifteen percent of the NFL earnings. Not it's crazy. It. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so if anything, we need to have that sort of. You know, that th- they need to go heavy on what's allowed in contracts, and and not so heavy in. You know, uh, they need to allow some of these other courses to come out where we can teach these kids 
how to use social media, how to be an entrepreneur and that sort of stuff so that they can start building that while in high school. So when they then get to the college level, wherever that may be, they can, um, you know, they can take advantage of it and they, and they have that knowledge so that they, you know, they, they're not taken advantage of. When Kevin and I were in high school, you weren't always pushed to go to college. You know, they, they, they taught you skill. You could, you could take a track at West Island high school where you got a job coming out of high school as a plumber, as an electrician. We had a phenomenal cosmetology department and these people come out and get real jobs. And some of the people I went to school with have businesses now and have had those businesses, you know, throughout the time I've been working at the paper and, and they live well, they do well. And I think so, you know, college isn't meant for everybody. And I think right. we, need to, we need to have more courses like you're talking about, but we also need to have more practical courses where kids can come out and, and have a skill that they can do. I mean, there's always going to be a job for electrician. There's yep. always going to be a job for a plumber. Um, a lot of these other jobs might get wiped away till we get in four-year institutions. But I think you make a great point. I think we need to teach these kids financial literacy. We need to teach these kids social media skills. We need to teach these kids, you know, how to create a brand around themselves. Um, and I think that's going to be important because NIL is definitely going to change the game in high schools. Like I said, right now it's $60 per average. It might be $600 10 years from now or five years from now or two years from now. Right. Um, and, you know, if you can make $600 a month as a high school kid, that's pretty significant. Um, and if you're a star in your town, maybe you can, maybe you can convince, you know, your local credit union wants to give you $10,000. I mean, you just don't know where this could go. And um, I do think we need a framework that protects kids. And I think what your point is about protecting kids is, is really good because you don't want to be that defensive tackle in Florida. I don't know the story, but you don't want to be a defensive tackle of Florida who signed something he really didn't understand what he was signing. Yeah. Um, I would imagine. Yeah. And, uh, and now this collector wants to come back and basically recoup all the money they gave him. Plus some, plus some, because I think he plays for the Bears right now. Yeah. All right, guys, I got to have some fun with this last question here because we we a lot of times we talk to college athletes and we get the, you know, the the answer that I, you know, I'm not going to try and sway it one way or the other, but we get the new age answer. So uh, LeBron or MJ, who's the GOAT? The GOAT? That's a tough question. Um I grew up a Michael Jordan fan. I mean, I, you know, when I was going to Carolina, he was coming out. And uh, I played with him in Will and Jim one time. And I remember everybody was lined up around the gym. Will and Jim was like the little court where everybody would come and play in Chapel Hill. It's like all the, the the players in the triangle would come and the football players. And if you're a good rec player like me, you go. And the court was lined up. And, and this guy had on all black. I was like, who is this guy? I don't know who he is. And we beat him. You know, we, and so he he got picked up again and came back and said, oh, that's Mike. I said, who's Mike? It's Michael Jordan, and it, but he wasn't Michael Jordan yet, you know. If yeah, you yeah. might, you may remember he hit the shot against Georgetown, but he wasn't Michael Jordan yet. But um, I, you know, I, I was a big fan of his, and saw him come up sixty-three against the Celtics, struggling against the Pistons, couldn't get over the hump, get Scottie Pippen, gets over the hump. I mean, he's a great player. Um, LeBron, more pressure than any pride he's ever had to be great on Sports Illustrated coming to high school is the chosen one. Can you imagine? Uh, Jordan didn't have social media when he was coming up. LeBron's had the the, the pressure of social media growing up, never been in trouble, um, you know, married, tries to do good things in the community. But, I mean, Michael Jordan, man, that dude's an assassin. Uh, yes. <laughs> an assassin. And, uh, but every year LeBron gets a little closer. You know, it's like when he, when he hit the scoring record, I was like, he's the greatest scorer in the history of basketball. And that's not even his thing. You know, he was considered Magic Johnson coming out of the 
high school. Yeah. I, I'd say I, United States is one and two. I almost think it's one A and one B, but I still lean a little bit Jordan. But if if, if LeBron if had he won a championship this past year, it, I mean it'd be a really serious argument. I, I, LeBron is definitely the best of his generation. Michael's the best player of his generation. It's hard to compare. Michael always says it's hard to compare. Yeah, <laughs> but my top five are LeBron, Michael. Sorry, my phone rang. LeBron, Michael, Kareem, Magic. Will, those are my five. Awesome. <laughs> that's a long answer, but that's my answer. I love so, it. <laughs> so I'm going to take a, a different approach. Um, I'm going to go with Mike. And the reason why, as I look at the body of work, it's really hard to say the greatest of all time when someone is currently still playing. True. Um, I mean, you know, like if LeBron plays another four years and he's able to play with Bronny, um, you know, maybe gets – the rings i mean because you can't take the fact that michael jordan i'm saying i'm gonna speak like kids michael jordan was so cold that he quit when playing baseball struggled with that <laughs> he came back then came back and still was won three rings after leaving and walking away saying you know what i guess i'm gonna cut my toenails and just sit on the beach and you know hang out with the celebrities uh, I'm going to go back and play basketball and still impact the game. Yeah. I mean, you know, and um, you, when you go to the barbershop, Langston and I go to the same barber, you hear this argument all the time, is that Le- LeBron and Kobe, and, you know, some folks say Kobe's better than both, you know, just depends on who you talk to, but they didn't go to college. Mike has won at every level. He He won in college. He won in the pros. He got Olympic wins um you know he has a lot of things and like Stephen a smith said yesterday there was no one to compare mike to and the only person you can compare lebron to is who the silhouette that's why i call him the silhouette so basically (laughs) you know that's my take on it you know um i guess i'm biased because of my age lebron is a fantastic player i enjoy watching him Kevin, 20 years from now, players are going to say LeBron. I mean, kids are going to say LeBron's the best player because that's the guy they saw. Exactly. We, guys, I already say Mike's the best player because Mike was the best we saw. I, I'm kind of in the middle. Like I said, it's like 1A and 1B to me. They're both yeah. – they're the two best players ever. I mean, I think that's pretty easy to say. Yeah. To me. Awesome. Langston, Kevin, hey, thank you for joining us on NIL Undressed. How can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out? I'm at, uh, I'm on social media at Langston West Jr. on every social media platform you can find. And uh, you can go to Charlotte Observer. You can find my email address. And I'm hard to find. I'm, like Dion, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> and just you can reach me at um, charlotteaces.com, info at charlotteaces.com, or Kevin at charlotteaces.com. As always, everybody, thank you for joining us on NIL Undressed. Every like, subscribe, share. And comment is greatly appreciated.